Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Well, hello and welcome to this week's Countryside with Kiri Kermode and myself, Simon Clark, And a good selection this week um, from young to old-ish, uh, because you started at the Ramsey Grammar School Science Department. Was it a rural science department? Yes, I caught up with some of the students in the rural science department to talk about their topics and growing potatoes and looking after the animals. And also the teacher, Marion Cottier, on the recent big award for the best school farm. A super day. Yes, they were very enthusiastic, uh, the kids were, and the teachers there and staff. And that's uh, such a great facility they've got there to help people, I suppose, educate them and just give them a little bit of taster of how life can be on the farms when you may not come from or may come from a more of a, uh, a towny background you know um i was at uh, kite flying and sandcastle competitions and the scruffed dog show i love that that was all happening amongst many things uh, tanks with wildlife in um, with the great support of the manx wildlife trust and many others at the port erin beach and sea festival so plenty to come on that and well, motorbikes, cars, cows, <laughs> pool snooker you were talking about, weren't you? Yes, Roy Gelling, <laughs> he, he competes on many levels and uh, after just having the Southern 100 past his farm gate, he's getting geared up to enter the agricultural shows with his barley and talk about his cows in the years gone by. There we go. All right, well, here it is. Piece of cake and a cup of tea and countryside. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. <laughs> Well, first this week, of course, the schools now have finished for their summer holidays, Kiri. But uh, before they broke up, you were up at the Ramsey Grammar School. What was going on up there? I went along to speak to Marion Cottier, the head of the Rural Science Department, and some of the children there to talk about the recent award they've been given. It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's a, a conference just for agriculture teachers based in the British Isles. There's about 113 schools now, from primary schools all the way through to secondary schools with sort of farms of various sizes. And uh, it was held at the Royal Agricultural University in Sirencester, which is an amazing place. I've never been there before, but it's, yeah, phenomenal. I think if I had my time again, I'd quite like to go there, actually. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was a conference, really, for all these teachers, and a two-day course, and got a chance to sort of meet other people and meet other rural science teachers who, obviously, are not on the Isle of Man and sort of share resources and ideas and... Grumbles. Um, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> well, you came away with the best school farm secondary school award. That is absolutely massive. Yeah, yeah, we did. I'm still a bit gobsmacked with it, to be honest. It is, it is a massive award. And I said there's 113 schools sort of in the British Isles. And I look at some of the other ones and think, wow, they're, they're amazing. Um, they're so much bigger than ours. Um, they've got so much more stock than ours. They've got so many more staff than us. Yeah, so much more money than us as well. It's, um, it, so, yeah, it was, it was quite amazing. Yeah. But I suppose... Maybe it's a case of you know, we, you know, we're doing pretty well with what we've got. But not only that, you were one of the finalists in the school farm leadership as well. That is a massive undertaking as a teacher. Yeah, that one, that one I think, uh, even though we didn't win that one, I'm actually, I think that might be the one I'm, I'm most proud of, actually, yeah. because it's, it does, it sort of recognises that there is a lot of hard work that goes into it, and it's not just sort of, uh, you know, sort of turn up to school and teach your lessons and go home and take some marking home with you. 
you know, often it's it's a case of you know, might be might be marking in the in the sheep shed, lambing, <laughs> um, and you just you just marking just to kill a bit of time before someone else decides to lamb. But Ramsey Grammar has been the leaders basically in the rural science. You've been at it for a number of years now. Yeah, it was um, as a result of the nomination for this these awards. I sort of did a bit of research into the sort of the history of of the farm and Ramsey Grammar School, and it's um, it's, it's been here in one one way or another, yeah. since the school opened. It was in the 40s, just had our 70th birthday, so uh, it, was in, it was in the 40s it opened. Because it's now a core subject here. It is, yeah. It's been a core subject here for, for as long as I've been here. I've been here about 10 years now, um, and it was late, eight, late 90s, sorry, that uh, it became a, a core subject. Yeah. So everyone in school, year 7, 8 and 9, have one lesson of rural science a week, and then they can opt to study as a GCSE, do a GCSE in agriculture and land use. And if they want to continue further or come back to studying agriculture, we do a BTEC in agriculture as well. So here at Ramsey Grammar, Patrick, this year you've been growing potatoes. Has it been successful? Yes, it has. We've got a lot of potatoes, much more than we planted and expected. So what did you do differently this year with your potato plot compared to last year? Instead of having our own plots, we um, like made one big plot so people weren't losing out. So what would make the difference? Would you have wet weather and you wouldn't be able to go out and tend to the plot? Yeah. You wouldn't have to tend to the plot if it was raining, so when the next class come along, they can do your plot as well. So it works throughout the whole of year eight, you're able to look after the one plot. And Jack, do you know how many kilos of potatoes you got this uh, year? Around 400. That's a big amount of potatoes from one plot, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And did you did you take any home? Yeah, we took um, our, like, our section after the plot per class. And were they difficult to grow, though? They needed a lot of care. What kind of things did you have to do to look after them? Like, we had to keep on weeding them and putting more soil on top of them and just keep on top of the water. And was water a big issue this year? Because it's been quite dry. Yeah, yeah, it was. And what about you, Owen? Which part of the uh, potato topic did you enjoy the best? Mainly just going out there and growing them because it's good fun to get out of school and go to the plots. And do you think rural science is, is a good subject to have in schools? I think it is, because it's different, because a lot of schools don't actually have rural mm. science. And do you do anything other than the, the potato project? We have sheep, and uh, we, last year we done chicks, so we've got to take care of them. And do you think looking after animals is quite a difficult job? I think it is. We do help a little bit, but I think the teachers do do a lot of hard work as well. And which is your favourite part of the whole of rural science, Patrick? Probably seeing the lambs and all that and all the young chicks and stuff. Would you ever believe that maybe one day you could be a farmer or someone involved in agriculture? Maybe. Maybe? Yeah. And what about you, Jack? Could you see yourself being a farmer? Probably not. <laughs> but as far as a lesson goes, do you, you enjoy it? Yeah, it's, it's quite relaxing because you just get to get away from others, uh, like, inside and stuck inside. But I see that they get their hands dirty. The children were talking about a potato project this year and last year they were breeding chicks. Yeah, we, um, we have uh, sort of different topics every year um, and it's sort of really a theme for each year group. So the year sevens, we try and sort of start and break them in gently, really. Um, we're not going to start them off with, with the massive sort of 250 kilo pigs just yet. So we start them off with the little chicks and it's sort of something nice and friendly and relatively harmless to sort of build the confidence up with handling animals. And we can sort of really teach them that you need to be calm and quiet and gentle with animals and just show them respect. And uh, again, we, we grow plants with ESMs as well. We've grown some peppers, chilies, and tomatoes this year with them. So year sevens are busy taking them away and taking them home at the moment. Every night after school, they're coming and taking their, their veggies away. But it's an opportunity these children might not get at home. You know, some of them might not have a garden or, or, or any outdoor space, really. We've got lots of students, and there seems to be a, a growing number who want to have an allotment.
we started off doing it this year, uh, so we're in a small number of people. But we've certainly had people already coming up to us again, asking about next year that they want to do sort of a Lockman Club at lunchtime, and it's a case of so we can section off some of our plots and say, right, that's yours for the year. Grow whatever you like in there. If that's yours, you can come and come and look after it. So yeah, that's, they seem to be quite keen on it. But yeah, you're right. There's there's lots of people who, who don't really have access to it at home. Yeah, I think they're, they're probably the ones that are. Maybe the most keen to be out and about. Certainly, a lot of all the people on the on the unit at the moment are, are from non-farming families, and there's quite a lot of them who I think sort of at the moment would like to go into agriculture in some way or another when they're older. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, it's sort of opening up different doors to them. To see that potato grow from a seed from a local farmer into a plant, obviously, and then to harvest kilos of potatoes and then take them home to eat them, it's you know, it's quite extraordinary. Yeah, the um, we've we've always been um, sort of dead set that they, what they grow they take home um, we're not selling it to them so we've changed the way we've done the plots this year we used to have them in little plots and they used to share them amongst each other but we've, we've turned them into two massive plots this year so year eight are using the plots um, and they're sharing all the all the jobs that need doing so it's weeding or planting out a particular thing that they, they do that until that's finished and then they move on to the next job but uh, yeah we've the uh, potatoes have done particularly well this year <laughs> Jessie, you're down here helping in the Ramsey Grammar Animal Unit. What are you doing here tonight? It's after school now. Yeah, um, we clean the pigs out when we feed them. We just look after them in general. And do you really enjoy it? Yeah, I do. What, what do you get from it that's any different than going now off to youth club? or? It's just what I like doing, so and it probably helped me for the future with what I want to do. And what do you want to do? Probably a vet or more on the rural side. What is your favourite part? Probably the getting involved, that you're actually there and you can see it all happening. And this year you've obviously had a very successful harvest of the potatoes. Was that a big topic? Yeah, it was, to learn how to do it. And what did you have to do to look after them? We planted them and then it's knowing how to care for them. And what about you, Millie? You're obviously down here looking after the big pig. Yeah, we have two and they're really cute. <laughs> they are, aren't they? This one's a rare breed. This is, who is this you see um, here? This is Emily, our pig. We, she came with the name Emily. Yeah, she's very cute. A Berkshire breed. What do you enjoy most about the rural science lessons? Well, coming out and getting involved. Because, yeah. like, in lessons, we do get involved, but it's outside in the agricultural area. So. And when I arrived here this evening, you were busy putting eggs in boxes. Yes, we have um, some chickens, and we've been trying to lay some because we've lost a few from polecats. But people have been picking them up and putting them in boxes, so we're going to have to candle them and see which ones are we can use. What's candling? Candling is like when the chickens lay an egg and lay on them, the chicks happen inside the egg. So then we, we get them and we help them get till they crack because we've lost a few, so we're trying to get some more for September. Oh, right, so you put them in incubator then after you've checked if there's actually a chick forming? Yeah, we put them in and then we look after them and we do like, mostly in year seven you do a whole thing on the eggs and the chickens, so... It's something that you really enjoy. Yeah. And do you hope to be a vet or someone involved in agriculture one day? Yeah, I, I really want to become a vet, so I like coming and helping out to get used to it. Well, it must be quite difficult to keep the ideas fresh, you know. Have you got good resources? Yeah, I mean, resources, you can't, um, you can't really buy anything specifically for rural science. So, I mean, lots of, lots of other subjects you can buy resource packs. Obviously, you can adapt them and, and make them yours. But, no, there's, there's nothing that's there's, there's produced for us, so everything we have we've, we've made or 
previous teachers have, have made um, and uh, certainly with this school farms network we've now got the chance we can start sharing resources oh, yeah. and hopefully that makes it a lot easier on everyone. I mean there's 113 of us and we're all writing the same kind of thing we might as well share it and it sort of cuts down on everyone's workload a bit. But yeah I mean other things you have to sort of be a bit creative and uh, we wanted to help the kids understand what it was like to, to lamb and uh, obviously the chances of getting all of year eight in as a, as a user about to lamb is pretty slim so we had to think about a way we could we could get them to experience lambing without maybe necessarily being a real sheep so we've got our lambing simulator that we made which is a black bin with a black bin bag in it and it's got a load of water retaining gel that you normally use for plants and we put loads and loads of water in there so it's, it's turned to real nasty slimy stuff um, and it's got some uh, plastic bags in there and I meant to mimic sort of membranes um, inside the uterus plastic bag gets closed up with a rubber band so hopefully it feels a, a, a bit like the, the, the vulva which you're putting your hand in and we've got a couple of cuddly lambs that have been sacrificed to the bin <laughs> and uh, yeah the students get a chance to get their hand in there, um, put a bit of warm water in there to make it a bit more realistic and they put their hand in there and, and find these lambs and the other students try and help them sort of describe how they're going to get this lamb out, what can you feel, can you feel a leg, is it a front leg, is it a back leg and yeah, it's, it's more difficult than they think it's going to be because obviously they can't see it. What is their reaction? They think it's gross. <laughs> they, um, but they all want to have a go. So where do you go from here? This is an, back to the award. It's the best school, farm, secondary school. Can you top it? Well, I think there's still stuff we can improve on. I think I, I look at it and I always look at because I'm here every day and I just sort of see all the things that need doing and things I haven't got round to yet. And I kind of forget about the things that we have done. So, yeah, there's, there's loads of things I still want to be doing. It's definitely, yeah, definitely not sort of the end just yet. There's lots of things I'm looking forward to doing sort of in the next, next few months. We've got a few plans, hopefully, if they, if they work out. That was Marion Cottier and some of the students from the Rural Science class. Up there at the Ramsey Grammar School, of course, and they're so proud of that uh, rural science facility they've got there, aren't they? Because I've been there a few times before and... You know, a lot of them aren't from farming backgrounds. A lot of them live in, in Ramsey themselves and maybe only get to the odd um, agricultural show or a friend's farm or something like that. But they're so proud of, of um, you know, helping out and learning about how life is and uh, probably learning how much harder it is than they realise. <laughs> it really is. They come before school and some of the children will stay after school and help. But they absolutely love the interaction with the animals. They find it relaxing. And some of the children just love getting dirty or having that opportunity to grow their own produce and get in the soil and, and plant the seeds and actually see something grow right in front of their eyes. And, and Marion has got the enthusiasm as well, which uh, brings these children to the fore. They're really, really great school for it. I know. They all love the mucking out with the grep and the wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, I was out and about watching some junior dinghy racing, kite flying competitions, sandcastle competitions, the Scruffs Dog Show. Yeah, <laughs> where was it all? It was all happening at the Port Erin Beach and Sea Festival. Well, Marine Officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust, Laura Howe. It wouldn't mean the same without you here, and it's a big presence by the Manx Wildlife Trust, isn't it? Absolutely, it's the biggest event that we run with the, the mega tanks um, here, so it's really nice to actually come back to the Marine Lab where it originally started years ago. Were you ever in the old Marine Lab working? I was indeed, I did my degree and my uh, PhD here, so it's, it's home from home. 
But back here today as part of the Port Erin Beach and Sea Festival and it's mighty busy in this marquee. It is, yes. We've got lots of people come to see all of the animals that we've managed to collect with the help of the local divers and Discover Diving. So, yeah, really busy. Is it difficult to find a variety that's in the... Are they touch tanks, they're called? Or viewing tanks? Viewing tanks, like? yes. I mean, you can get the opportunity to, to have a touch, but obviously under supervision, you know, we've taken the animals out of their, their natural environment. We want to minimise the impact to them as much as possible. So it's, it's uh, very supervised touching of, of animals what have you got in there amongst the crabs and things we've got some really big lobsters this year we've got loads of urchins um, we've got some brittle stars we've got loads of rock pool samples this year as well so lots of shrimps and prawns we've got some wrasse some flatfish which um, came out of the bay here so place loads of different bits of pieces for everyone to come and have a look at we've got a young man here who's been looking in the tanks what's your name uh, sebastian and what have you seen in the in these tanks here? Little starfish, sea urchins and crabs. Yeah, have you touched any of them yet? Yeah. Yeah, was it scary? No. The parents are looking more scared about you touching them. I guess so. Yeah. And what else uh, have you seen so far down here at Port Erin? We're on holiday here, so... Oh, you've come from, from away? All right. Uh, we come from Germany. From Germany? Wow. Is it your first time on the Isle of Man? No, I got born here. You were born here? Okay. Do you like Port Erin then? Yeah, it's, very, it's I think the best beach in Isle of Man. And a quick word with Dad too. Um, it's a busy time at Port Erin here. Yeah, that's very good. Lots of people wanting to learn about the sea, what's happening. Coming from, from Germany, I suppose, uh, limited with, with the sea trips, are you? Well, we do it every year. We're very landlocked, unfortunately, where we live, work-wise. But, uh, yeah, so it's nice to have some sea interaction <laughs> yeah. at least once a year. What about the family? They, they enjoy these sort of adventures. I mean, it's got some nice coasts and areas on the Isle of Man. But this is a special day, isn't it, where you can actually see them in the tanks? It's nice for the kids uh, having biology in school soon to have a, have a bit of an idea what's going on. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it adds a different dimension to it. Oh, Phil Cole, a friend of the earth. You've got a nice little stand here as well with a message and a bit of fun to get involved in. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Ian Castain there's done a grand job of setting up uh, buckets with environmental problems on and you throw cuddly toys at it. It's as simple as that. If only the environment could be sorted out so easily. <laughs> Kids That's love it. And, uh, and parents, you know, so... But it's, it's to be part of it and... You know, not driving the message right into the head, but making them aware of it, and that's the idea yeah, of your presence. Yeah. Well, the idea was, I mean, it's such a, it's a fun game. The kiddies come along, and Ian's been speaking to the parents at the same time, you know, and says, pointing out little issues. I mean, the youngsters don't really get it. They're just knocking the buckets down. But mm. the idea, and he's kind of stacked it up into ideas, garden wildlife. It all mounts up with pellets and things you put on the garden, insecticides, herbicides, you know, taking away chemicals and things. It's, it's just... Gentle messaging, gentle messaging. And as well, I suppose part of it is, is looking after the, the coasts as well around here, keep an eye on things like that. Yeah. And, and I think the Isle of Man are, are making fast drives in nature reserves and things, I think. Yeah, well, the, the DEF has got this marine nature reserve consultation out at the moment. I'd encourage people to look at it and they want people to input on it. And it's, it's a good idea because there's going to be a lot more sort of protected areas around the island, yeah. which encourages better fishing you know because you get a lot more sort of seeding off it and spreading out more if you've got protected areas where it's not getting damaged so much. Andrew Buchan from Port Aaron Lifeboat Station 
It's great that this facility is open today to show everyone around. Yes, nice to have an occasional open day. The doors are open for everyone to come in and have a look around. This boat, though, it's a rib-type boat, this one. Is this, is this unique to the Isle of Man? Does the lifeboat side of it go? It's, this boat itself is unique to the Isle of Man. Um, there's, a, there's a small inshore boat in Port St Mary, but this is uh, the only rib. There's, uh, it doesn't look like a traditional lifeboat, but it is. It's just, unfortunately, got a inflatable sponson goes around the side keeps the weight down but uh, we can get out in pretty much any weathers in it so it's it's pretty good nick for us but i mean i suppose you have training regimes and things like that but i mean how how often does it have to go out in anger is it, is it just sea or boats that you have to deal with no it's it's not just boats there's all sorts of activities near the waterside and if people walk in the, the cliff paths and you could get into difficulties anything from you know, even a pet just falling over the edges to, we'd have to go out and sort of see if we can recover the pet to discourage the owners to try and clamber down and sort of get into difficulties themselves. To um, you know, uh, divers, kayakers, yachtsmen, you know, all sorts of people that use the coast. Uh, even in the summertime, for, on the beach, you know, little ones going out in rubber dinghies and you get blown out to sea. We're going them back in is it, is it worse this time of year when the school's finished when school's finished it's uh you have to keep your eyes open a bit more i suppose because so, uh, there's a fair few and if you're not watching the wind if it's an offshore wind they'll be swept out to sea in that the blink quickly. of an eye yeah, yeah. yeah do you get many people coming in or have you had many today saying how do i join and help out we don't get too many we, we really are looking for people to, to join up because uh Numbers are down a little bit. We're all sort of getting to my sort of age where you're sort of getting towards the other end and we need people coming in at the beginning to become crew members. Um, it is a, a great life to be a, a lifeboat person. So so if you are interested, anybody, we'd be more than pleased if you popped in and sort of showed some interest, joined up maybe. Well, Steve George, you're one of the organisers, I believe, of the event. It uh, looks like been quite successful so far yeah it's uh, it's gone very well of course we're very lucky with the weather that's been good because that uh, you know that can make or break one of these events yeah. the great thing about it is i've been here for a few hours today and there just seems to be something for everyone we've always set out to have something for everyone but what we do is we, we get sponsorship and then what what we do we we use that sponsorship money so that everything that happens on this beach is free to the children so the parents don't have to put their hands in their pockets at all and it's all free yeah it's marvelous because some of the ones have been trying to scratch for change waiting to go on the bouncy castle with their kids and they said no it's no, all in it's all free yeah yeah the great thing about it is it's fun for everyone yes. and there's the educational side to it as well isn't it yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and everyone around this area is fully behind you on what what you're doing yeah yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, very much so. Some of the people enjoying a fantastic weekend at Port Erin at the Beach and Sea Festival. And uh, what a fabulous idea to try and bring some new activities and, and sports and games to entertain everyone, young and old especially. Well, this is it. it the children love getting out and about at the weekends and this island is full of activities now. And with the use of the internet and websites and radio getting everybody brought together these events are really taking off and i should have brought my stunt kite down 
Uh, I've got one at home that uh, we fly out. Plenty of wind at Jerby, of course, oh, to do it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, good pastime as well. And uh, it's nice when you go abroad and things and see these big, massive box kites and things they've got there. Anyway, that's enough about kites. Uh, you went to see Roy Gelling, and uh, he is is. He's involved in all sorts of activities, Kiri, isn't he? Yes, Roy is a very busy man. He's just had the Southern 100 past his farm gate. And I caught up with him to talk about the show days in the past and also his involvement in the show coming up. I've showed since 1966. I haven't showed much in the Southern the last couple of years. But I've showed every year since 1966 at the Royal Mount. I haven't missed one. The most I've had in is 18 down Solby, two wagon loads. A lot, a lot of work would have gone into preparing them cows, though. Yeah. You didn't think nothing of it when you're young. <laughs> ah, that's very true. But what would you have had to have done to get them ready for the show? Well, start about three weeks before. Yeah, sorting out which ones you're going to bring and everything. Would you have had to have fed them like they seem to have special diets now of all sorts of these bought-in feeds and whatever, but the breeds were a bit different back then? Oh, yes, yeah, so. And it started off first as all short-ons, and then the Friesians come in, then the Friesians and the Halsteins took over then. And now the mixture of all sorts now. Like there's all sorts, I say they are now. <laughs> but do you think that the dairy shorthorn then, she was a fine milking cow, and here at Blown you won a very big award with them? Yeah, I won the Gold Cup for the northwest of England. I was runner up one year, and I won three years in succession, and I was runner up the fifth year, and it was valued at 20,000 then. It was only a solid gold cup. That was a, a massive achievement. Yeah. In 1966 or 67, I bought the dearest cow ever sold in the Isle of Man, 165 guineas. That was dear in them days. And were you milking heavily? Yeah, I had about two dozen short-ons. But when I was a young fellow, everybody had short-ons. Yeah. And then the Friesians come in, they had half Friesians, and then it got to be they had all Friesians, but I stuck to the short-ons. We did try two Friesians, he bought them off Mr Anderson. He had a sale, he bought two. And they went to patch on the short horns for us. And would the cows do well off grass? Is it a good yeah. grass farm here in Balan? Yeah, they'd never got any special feed, not in the summertime. No. When you were going for a record, I had the first cow to give 2,000 gallons in the Isle of Man. I had to feed her special. But they always were good-natured. You could handle them well, though. Nice and quiet. I've seen in the show catalogue that you just showed me here, Roy, that the, the short-horn was the only cattle breed yeah. in the catalogue back yeah. then. Yeah. When I was going to school, there's hardly any black and whites anywhere. They only come in, I don't know, around about after the 1900s they come in. And this year you haven't entered the cows, but you have, you've got some entries in the show, yeah. though. And fields of barley. Yeah. They'll be a bit easier to handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you think the breeds are changing? You see an awful lot of continental cattle in particular and the temperaments. Would the, the short horns have ever played up as much as you see these breeds do nowadays? No, but I don't think the handles are good now. They ran 30 or 40 together and never handled. But even then, though, Roy, the judges, they'd come from the UK to the Isle of Man to judge. Yeah. You know, it's a, a big undertaking to take part in front of such a, a, a you know, good judge. Yeah, they're all good judges. And they always get the judge of the breed so as you know what he's looking for, which is a good thing. And they don't know anybody. But to win an award at the show, Roy, what does it mean to a family farm? Oh, it's wonderful at first, but you get used to it. You expect to win all the time. <laughs> But the, it's the, the effort that goes into it, the breeding and what goes on at home that people don't see maybe on that show day. No, 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 you've got to be kind to the, the beast or the sheep or anything. They mm. kept them in good condition. 
That was Roy Gellan from Blown Farm in Bolabeg. Mighty snooker and pool player too. He uh, certainly Roy, was. Yeah. He's not missed a game in 63 years, he was telling me. Really? Yeah. Really. It's a mighty uh, achievement, isn't it? And such respect that he's got as well, and because he, he's quite a dominant sort of figure, isn't he? He's very tall and, uh, you know, he's he's very knowledgeable and, and follows and supports everything, which is really nice, isn't it? You know, he goes to the shows. Why? To support them and a class that... There isn't anyone else, is there? He's very competitive, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, in the, and especially in the days gone by. He had up to 18 cattle at one show, and that's a lot of work to prepare them, wash them, and halter train them and get them there for that day, let alone showing them mm. on the day. There'd have been a few tokens used in the old car wash to get that <laughs> lot done before the show, wouldn't it? Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, there we go. A very pleasant countryside this week. Port Erin Beach Festival. There was loads of activities for young and old going on there and some unique ones as well that were happening with the... Good to see the kites and all going out there as well. And uh, the Isle of Man, of course, not many days when there's no wind. Yeah. So an ideal one for that. They should have more of it. <laughs> and Roy there, there's... I'm not sure he'd be as competitive as he used to be, but what a campaigner and a gentleman in sport as well. And uh, in all roles of competing and showing at the agricultural shows. That's right. He's uh, an ambassador towards the shows. He's a life member of both the agricultural shows and of the Southern 100 uh, races. And uh, yeah, he's, he's not giving in any time soon with his barley all ready to go next week to the southern agricultural show yeah and what a facility at ramsey isn't it it's brilliant to give them a chance to have hands-on maybe they've never grown anything but to see something grow it's quite uh it's quite unique and really rewarding isn't it it is okay we'll leave it there for this week's countryside we'll be back next week so for me simon clark and me kiri kermode we'll see you then Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.